Hey there, I'm Jesse, and you're listening to the Deep Lore Boys podcast, where me, Matthew, and Jackson delve into the random, rare, and often ridiculous pieces of human history. This this rod went straight through the middle of the skull. Rest in peace to the lads that lost their lives over the bucket war. <laughs> I just can't contain it. I need to take my socks off with the boys. <laughs> Can we can we talk about this right now? Scout has been running in circles, just dragging his butt along like the bed and then the <laughs> wall, and then hitting the dog crate and spinning. He's like, Dude, he's spinning. excited. He knows season two has Dude, begun. He is really pumped right now. He's I have psyched not up. seen him this happy in a while. All right, everybody, welcome back to Deep Lore Boys podcast. Yeah, season two, season two everybody. Yeah. Am I the only one clapping? Yeah, there season we go. Season two, fellas, it's been a minute. It's, it's been a hot been minute. A minute. The queen died. The queen died. The queen is dead. Yeah. <laughs> the queen is dead. Everybody. Woo, yeah. Yeah. Woo. God rest her soul. <laughs> rest in peace. <laughs> That uh, is actually legitimately sad news. We left yeah. for stinking a couple weeks, and actually, I, I think, think she actually died, died before the season <laughs> finale came out. Shortly <laughs> before the finale, but yeah. she died in between us recording that episode and the episode actually going up. So yeah, so yeah, uh, uh, some stuff went down. It's been a while since we got back on the podcast, but we are here and we are here to stay. We've Thanks had a bit happened. of a so-called drought of clout. <laughs> I would argue the contrary, honestly. I would I, argue we did gain a couple subscribers yeah, in our like, in our hiatus. Please give us clout, guys. We, we do this. Please, please, we do this. Just I am on my knees. Just please, please I just I need a thousand subscribers. Please, if we can just hit a thousand, I can get monetized. I can make. My I dumped says, my entire bank account into please, Bitcoin and lost please. my money. I my fa- need I miss something. my family. My wife left me. She says I'm a disgrace. I need clout. The War of the Bucket. This is a story that, like, inspired this podcast, and I cannot (laughs) believe I haven't talked about it yet on here. This is the Uh, first time I've heard about it. Basically, in Italy, back in, like, the 1300s, there were these two rival city-states that were fighting against each other, and one of the cities stole a bucket from the well in another city they just took a bucket <laughs> and the uh, the city that was taken from got real real mad and went and attacked the other one and it was like a 30,000 man battle versus like 5,000 and somehow they still lost and the bucket is on display to this day in a church in Italy <laughs> it says the second line in the article, just says a common myth surrounding the war of the bucket is that it was caused. No, by no, no! Don't, don't read that. No, no, that's not true. That doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me, though, because why would you call it the war of the bucket if it's not caused by them stealing the bucket? Because the, the battle happened. This yeah, isn't like a, a weird, happened. goofy, mythical story. It clearly happened. The bucket like, is there on display. Like we have the records. It's just people don't want to believe that you know all it takes is one bucket to push a man over the edge. Yeah, the. All it takes is a bucket. To be fair, either way, 
these cities clearly had had it out for each other. They They clearly did not like each other at all. They were. It was basically in the era where everybody was like, "Ah, the Pope is great. No, he's not." And they fight (laughs) capitalism. Not capitalism. (laughs) Catholicism. Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah, it's a. Uh, um, it was a very religious yes. uh, beef that they uh, had. God with each played other. a big role in this. In this <laughs> oh beef, yeah, is all I'm saying. I love how they sent. They had seven thousand. They sent thirty-two thousand men after a bucket. I love how we also darn well know that this is not why the war was caused. And no, just... what are you talking about? Percent <laughs> was, dude. Listen, the Wikipedia doesn't even shoot down the theory. It just says like, well. You know, it's probably no. It literally says that, that is bucket. mostly incorrect. As the mostly, lo- mostly, mostly is incorrect. not totally. <laughs> mostly incorrect, I should say, not completely. According to most accurate accounts, the bucket was taken as a trophy after the war. I don't know why you would take a bucket, call the war yeah, the war it doesn't of the bucket, make sense. and then put it in a museum. Yeah, see, that doesn't make sense. You know what that is? That is code for, uh, well, um, well, I don't want history to be goofy. Yeah, so sure, surely, you didn't uh, go to war over a bucket. <laughs> that would be preposterous. Yeah, no, nah, this this was 100% started by the oh, bucket look at, being stolen look at this from the bucket. well. Okay, this bucket we got to put on screen for the viewers. They they deserve to see this. Yeah, you, you better Never put mind. it up there. This is a good bucket. I would be it's pretty a good mad bucket. if somebody oh. stole it. Yeah, it is a nice looking bucket. I actually really like You see, like you bucket. see? It looks like the one Pippin throws down the well. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice bucket. Ranks. Wait, this bucket is like a thousand years old. It's an old bucket, dude. This happened in the 1300s, and the bucket was probably made before then. So yeah, uh, for those that's of you watching the podcast on YouTube, we're going to throw up a picture of this bad boy on yeah, the screen. Yeah, you guys get to see so it you can with see your own two eyes. eyes. You can Wait, see the, say Pippin the bucket. Do you guys reckon that the bucket in this story had any like emotional significance? Like maybe... Maybe it was like the bucket that was given to the king or the mayor by yeah. his wife who died or something like The bucket was made from the wood of the last tree left in the city. What if the bucket was signed by the Pope? In the bucket the was life? the bucket was used by the Pope to get water out of the well. Oh, and it became the holy bucket. He yes. blessed it. Rest in peace to the lads that lost their lives over the bucket war. <laughs> yeah, for real. I like this this is just a classic if it was not about the bucket, we would probably not be talking about this at all. There were literally hundreds of wars during the Middle Ages all over Europe between city-states yes. where they would just get really mad at each other, and send then just fight. people, fight, and then just, yeah. like That is literally just feudalism. It was all over Europe. That's just how it was. So this was a 300-year-long struggle, though. Yeah. And apparently yeah, this was yeah, just yeah. part of it. Yeah. No, this wasn't the first or last time they fought. There have surely been skirmishes like this, maybe in Italy, maybe in other places in the world, that were also just completely petty. Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of, like, the pig war uh, was one that I'm vaguely aware of, where, like, somebody stole a pig or killed a pig or something and everybody went nuts. Yeah. I Hold up. When did that happen? The pig war was a confrontation in 1859 between the U.S. and the U.K., over the British-U.S. border in the San Juan Islands. So they were fighting over who owned what part of the islands. The war was named the Pig War because it was triggered by the shooting of a pig. Rest in peace. (laughs) Aside from the pig, there were no casualties on either side. Okay, well, that's more bloodless than the War of the Oaken Bucket. 
Lyman Coulter, an American farmer who had moved onto the San Juan Islands, claimed his rights to live there. And he found a pig rooting in his garden and eating his tubers, tubers, tubers. Yeah. Uh, and he shot the pig and killed it. And the pig was owned by an Irishman uh, named Charles Griffin. And so the two of them got pretty mad. It looks like. Yeah, that uh, just sounds like some classic beef. Like you know, he shot my pig. Well, what was your pig? Well, doing your in my pig was eating anyway. my garden, eating my tubers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that like, just sounds like some good beef right there. Yeah, it was like, good beef. Uh, but apparently, then it turned into a whole military escalation. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did the military get involved in this thing? Well, so basically, what had happened is just summarize that was uh, Lyman Coulter, he or Cutler, he had claimed like this is my land. I own this land. You know, the United States owns this land here. And our Irish friend, Charles Griffin, was like, Yeah, they don't own that land. I own that land. It's their, was that, was that your UK. best Peter Griffin impression? That was my best Peter Griffin, pastor's kid, <laughs> Peter Griffin impression. And uh, and then the government was like, uh, well, actually, that's a good question. Yeah, because then they realized, wait, whose land is this then? And it yeah. turned into a whole big, you know, land. And the moment land? the military finds out there's unclaimed land, if there was oil, it would have been a war. Yeah, if there was oil, this would have escalated. Oh, yeah, this would have gone way further. Yeah. So the pig war, uh, long story short, if you see a pig that's eating your tubers, try not to shoot it. At least until you're um, very sure yeah, that uh, unless you, know, you, know country, you own the land. If you're going to commit something that's legally questionable. Do it on American soil. Yeah, find out which country <laughs> you live in first is all I'm saying. Oh, they actually have photographs of the farm in which this man shot the pig. Oh, wow. That's a big farm. A nice farm, yeah. Shoot. Yeah. I can see why he wanted to keep the pig off there. I'm not sure if this is like a really well-known thing or like if nobody knows about the gay mom because I've met a lot of people that know about it. But for the seven of you that don't or the 7,000 of you that don't, um, it's a bomb that makes you gay. That is the entire concept of it. The U.S. government literally tried to make a bomb that would like release like pheromones into the atmosphere or something. And it would supposedly make all the soldiers like really aggressively affectionate, I suppose. It was supposed to, you know, you'd sniff the the gay gas and you would <laughs> turn gay. The, <laughs> not the gay gas. I think your mom sniffed some gay gas. Yeah, your mom sniffed some gay gas. Dude. This is the most, like, politically correct homophobic thing ever. Yeah, like, like this I is, yeah, it's, it's hard to say if this is homophobic or not. Like I, I think it is because I think okay, I think the purpose of it was to make them gay so they can't focus on what they're doing, which well, that's like that, homophobic. Are, are you, <laughs> I can't whatever, imagine like, though when there's bullets whizzing over your head, gunfire, smoke, your friends are dying. All you're around thinking you. about, <laughs> all you're thinking about is like, man, oh, Jeff is looking man. good today. Like, ah, I just can't contain it. <laughs> I need to take my socks off with the boys. <laughs> you know, you never know, man. If the pheromones are strong enough, man, you never know. I guess know. they'd have to be really heckin' strong. The gay bomb sounds like it would be an absolutely just... I don't know that it would affect the battle that much. It would just affect you, like, going home. Because you'd have to yeah. live with, like... If you, I don't know, there was that one weird day in the trenches where all of a sudden... All of a sudden, Cowboys man, I, started looking real... Uh, <laughs> real scrumptious. I mean, to be fair, like... 
Would it last forever? Or would it just be like? No, you would just have the memory of like, oh man, the memory that was of weird. I was gay for, for a like a day. You're just like, oh frick, man, that was weird, and you just switch back to it. This is just a sign of how the times have changed. Yeah, like, this is back in the day. This couldn't... was an actual military project putting together the gay bomb. Nowadays, I'm like scared to even post this on our podcast because Twitter will descend. Twitter will be mad. Honestly, I don't think they'll be too mad. I think we're okay. But I need to say, we keep saying back in the day, we keep saying like, yeah, this is really old. You know, this is, you know, back in the day. This was 1994. Yeah, it really wasn't <laughs> like. <laughs> this is not that old. Like Your way, parents way were back. probably alive. This is new. This is fresh. Hold on. I'm sorry. I thought that this was in World War II. I thought that that was like. The... No. No, this was much more recent. When they were trying to make this, they also proposed a heavy sweating bomb and a flatulence bomb. Ayo, what the flatulence <laughs> bomb the, about? It literally is a bomb that releases odors that make you fart. Oh, oh, I thought it was just a bomb that smelled really bad, but it's no, a bomb that makes bomb you smell really bad. literally makes you fart. Terrible. And the other one was a heavy sweating bomb that makes you sweat really bad. There's also another one. The halitosis bomb that gives you bad breath. Okay, but for real, have you ever been out in the hot and maybe you're you're working, you're moving stuff? I don't know, you know, uh, splitting logs with the fellow lumberjacks out in the woods. Yeah. And you're just sweating a ton. All of your clothes are sticking to you. It's 90 degrees out. Like, that is, that is actually miserable. And then being covered in full, like, camo and a bunch of gear, you got a backpack that on, would be, a oh, helmet. Yeah. No, like, a bomb that makes you sweat really bad could be absolutely detrimental to the other. But the thing like, is, what's the, the purpose of it over just, like, an incendiary bomb or anything That's like the that? problem. Like, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't bad. really do it. And that's the thing with the gay bomb is, like, I guess it's <laughs> okay, a lot more humane. Work. Like, it's way more humane than killing people. Well, I yeah, think it's also counterintuitive, though, because what if all the soldiers get, like, you know, the, this new sense of camaraderie? Like, <laughs> I love you, man. I love you, too. Wait, yeah. what? Huh? And then they just... Yeah, what do you do when you just drop the gay bomb and now you just have a gay army that you have to yeah, fight? Like, you like just really strengthened your enemy? <laughs> there have been no well-controlled scientific studies published, that is. Mm suggesting the possibility that this would actually work and cause behavioral changes in humans. They hushed it up like the Ark of the Covenant yeah, or Bigfoot. Like, they were just like, no. Like, would you rather like, discover the Ark of the Covenant or the gay bomb? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> they've got one stashed in ice somewhere. Like, no, it can never be used. It can't be trusted in the hands well, of humankind. You know, like at the ending of <laughs> Raiders of the Lost... You know, like at the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark, when they... Like they put oh, the they, ark in the they, box, they seal it up, and they put it in like the boxes with all the other boxes, and then they, they leave yeah, it, it's like, stashed away. The gay bomb is just stashed away in Area Fifty One somewhere. Somewhere. So I realized the other day we've done like twenty four episodes. This will be our twenty fifth, and still we've really done nothing more than like a name drop for the three of us. Like we're just these these faceless figures out in the void. Uh, bestowing the deep lore upon the masses. So to give you a bit of an idea who we are, uh, I, I guess I'll open up. I'm Jesse. What's good? I work in radio. Uh, I like to play D&D. I had a YouTube channel for a while, which I, I won't name drop. You'll have to just go find it somewhere. It's not like it's linked on a, the Deep it's Lore a, Boys yeah, channel page or anything. It's not linked, it's not linked in there. Uh, you won't, <laughs> no, you won't it's find right it. right there. <laughs> 
I I was very much the uh, 2016 funny moments gamer montage type kid, but I I was also like I won't say I was nine, but I looked like I was nine, so it didn't. Yeah, really you do looked like you were favors. nine until you turned like eighteen. I'm not. Sure <laughs> yeah, I I really <laughs> did. I my voice sounded like I was a child until I turned. 18, yeah, you were you then... were literally a child until you became a man. There was. <laughs> <laughs> That's there was I remember the day I woke nothing. up and I was two feet taller, had rippling yeah. biceps, a six pack, and a voice as deep as the mountains. Oh. <laughs> 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 Scout is not having that. He didn't like that. Uh, this is Scout. He's our celestial guardian, warding off lizard people and reptilians. Yeah, Scout is the most important member of the podcast. Uh, he keeps us safe from all sorts of foul beasts from the world and beyond. Good boy. Is that the voice of an angel? The angel of death? The sound of God. <laughs> <laughs> coming out of scout <laughs> so matthew uh give us give us a, a breakdown a, a character analysis here so uh i am uh matthew the bass fellow of the podcast here uh i kind of base my entire personality and you know being from a based off of like al from al's toy barn and toy story 2 <laughs> basically if you picture him that's me he's literally me man uh, <laughs> i have never I heard a more spot-on comparison is just like me for real matthew is an avid connoisseur of anything goofy uh it was actually you that introduced me to cursed images as a whole i am in a sense like a human embodiment of, <laughs> of cursed, cursed images. images most yeah, images i'm up. in wind up feeling cursed in a sense and i was kind of raised on that surrealism that's just who i am as a person so um imagine if you took the like really cringe minecraft nerd kid from middle school and then forced him to watch like 2000 murders so that the person just became really like macabre but then <laughs> somehow made him take a class in stand-up comedy that would be the personality of matthew Honestly, what's funny is that that's exactly what happens. But <laughs> <laughs> you were forced to watch 2,000 executions? <laughs> Saul Jigsaw tied you up and he was like, Yeah. I'm going to force you to watch more executions than you have diamonds in Minecraft. <laughs> Dude, at that <laughs> no. moment I knew. I was like, oh, you know, frick, man. Over. At that point, yeah, I just had to sit there. I watched all the Saw movies. And every way a human can be killed, I've seen it. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm Matthew. I'm on a podcast. Picture mm-hmm. Al from Al's Toy Barn, but I've witnessed over two thousand murders. <laughs> um, and uh, that's <laughs> that pretty much that's sums me. Up right that's there. me, Jackson. Yeah, Jackson on the Jackson. podcast. Everybody, Jackson on the podcast. Jackson on the podcast. Woo. So, like, I thought that I'd have a lot to say here, but honestly, I'm just finding myself like that red shoulder demon at the ending of the Trumu commercial. What? Like, I just lost the words. What? I got nothing. Does anybody have any idea of what you're talking about? Okay, no, you just just dropped a legitimate Jackson character trait, though. You, throughout the podcast, (laughs) you will come out of nowhere and have, like, the best obscure references like that. I can't say I always get them, but they always make me chuckle. It's like, yeah, of of course, the red shoulder demon at the end of the So the red shoulder demon comes up and he takes it, like, he takes a sip of it. And they're trying to, like, the the good shoulder demon is trying to tell the guy to drink Trumu. And the red shoulder demon is trying to tell him to not. And um, he takes one sip of it and he's like, 
I got nothing because like he genuinely doesn't have anything to complain about. Like he's, he's just, just like it's good. Yeah, he's like it's good. But like for me, I got nothing. But like I got nothing to say. Yeah, I'm I'm Jackson. I make a lot of obscure random references and um I guess allegories, tie-ins to just Jackson's stuff. very he's very quirky, very obscure. Uh, he's a bit of a, a bit of a silly guy. I'm in the volunteer fire company. Yeah. Um, yeah. So every now and then on the podcast, if there's something that people need to discuss in terms of just like fires and stuff, especially Corporal Jackie dying, I'm there to uh, <laughs> discuss the realism of it, but also the fact that they should make an ASMR of Corporal Jackie burning up. Have there been any particular like weird or memorable fires? Because I, I have a friend out where I live who's also in the volunteer fire department and recently a uh, a tops freezer caught on fire. And he was called to that, and that just lives on as like the weirdest fire that he's ever been called to. But yeah, have you have you had any weird fires? Um, yeah, I guess I guess there's been a few weird ones. Uh, the only fire that I've ever been to was at the apartment building right like across the street from Matthew and I's apartment building. Yeah, so we woke I up woke at like four. In I the woke morning. up at four in the morning, morning, and I just like I heard a fire tr- <laughs> like a fire truck go by, and I was like, "What?" So I woke up. I just look out the window and there's just this massive like 10 foot, 15 foot flames just shooting out the top of the building. There was another one where uh, they thought an old guy had died because like somehow he tripped his life alert. So the the EMS guys were looking for him and they knocked on his door and uh, he said like, I'm fine. Like, I don't know. I guess like the life alert just went off. And then we hear on the radio our chief saying, the man says that he will not come to the door because he is exhausted, tired, old, and quite frankly, it is nine o'clock at night. <laughs> he's just lying in bed. He's like, "No, I'm not going down the stairs just to, so you can just check to up tell on you me. that I'm fine. I'm, like, I'm fine, <laughs> right?" So that was kind of fun. Oh yeah, I guess we got a we got a third fun story. Um, so a person got into an accident. Uh, and, uh, so the, silly. Oh, this is just the real, real <laughs> knee slapper. Right here. No. Okay. No, no, no. So he was, <laughs> he was okay. He was fine. Um, and when we're going to accidents, we have these reflective vests that we have to put on over our turnout gear because like they want like cars need to see you and stuff. Yeah. And the man, um, we give him a reflective vest and he goes, yeah, no, thanks. I already got one. Pulls out his reflective vest. Someone starts sort of telling him what to do, just like sort of like stay out of the road, like stuff like that. He's like, yeah, I got it. And we realize that on the back of his shirt, it says like top rated firefighter of 2016 or something. <laughs> so he was a firefighter. He had already like won awards for rescue, which is like accidents and stuff. Literally knew all the stuff and was just helped us out the whole time. What if the guy that got in the accident was just like on an episode of Undercover Boss? Dude, yeah, what no. if he was like your <laughs> no. wow. Dude, what if like your fire chief just like gets himself in a fake accident to see how you guys <laughs> right, and then see how you guys respond? Dude, that'd be hilarious actually. I don't awesome. think that was what happened though. I think that was just a coincidence. Stuff like yeah. that happens. But we time. can't no. know for sure. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> Dude. All right, folks, I'm not going to sugarcoat the story. I'm not going to make you sit on the edge of your seats waiting to hear what happened. I'm just going to give it to you straight. Phineas Gage was a man who lived in the 1840s and got a giant javelin blasted through his skull and survived. It was 
really wild. He was blasting holes in the rock. He was trying to like blast rock open for the railroad, okay? He was singing the I've been working on the railroad all the live long day song. Yeah, he's you know, he was getting doing the guys that. fired up. He was doing that. They were all working on, on the tracks, okay? Just blasting rock, okay? So basically <laughs> blowing up rocks. Like this is the ultimate pinnacle, like based man type of stuff that we do. Right. Okay, like this guy's cool already. And then they put blasting powder in a hole and a fuse. So they were going to blow this up and they put a massive iron rod in to like cover the hole. And he proceeded to just kind of forget. And then the ground blows up. And so it's just a massive, the earth is now a gun and it fires this rod straight up. It doesn't stick in his skull. It just straight slices through it. This, this rod went straight through the middle of the skull, like just straight, like, I, I can't really describe this to you guys, but like just yeah, it just and Jackson, this is not the hole that the rod went through. Oh, that is. Oh, this is the hole that connects it to the base of the spine. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right, never mind. Dude, you're supposed to have that hole there. So it, okay, so it I drives take me this, insane. I take this back. So the, the the rod did not go straight through his skull. It did, but it I went mean, straight it did, through the but front. not. Yeah. It, no, the... it did. It went straight through the skull. It definitely. Happened. It went straight through kind of like the bottom of his left eye almost and went up through the top of his head so it wasn't like a dead-on like headshot it went yeah. through kind of the bottom out the top and that sounds really nasty and it it was yeah it was, it was. but he he lived just to dispel a common myth here i was always told or i guess thought that he dropped this iron in the hole and then was trying to get it out and then like bent down to get it out as the fuse blew and that's what put it through his head but it looks like it was already in there to begin with what from what i'm getting on the wikipedia it looks like uh phineas was standing near the hole and he looked over his shoulder at just the wrong moment yeah okay he was so gonna it talk was to somebody just, and then yeah the incident occurred yeah so it wasn't he wasn't just standing there looking at it like hey guys guys blow it up let's see what happens huh? <laughs> like this was just simply him being in the wrong place at the wrong time so I don't just want to say that he did this and just immediately walked it off and was like, yep, yeah, um, no, nah. uh, he, you know, got blasted through the head, proceeded to fall backwards and uh, had some reportedly brief convulsions uh, where, you know, naturally he was just not doing too well, but within a few minutes was capable of speech and proceeded to walk away without requiring much assistance at all. And, um, sat upright in a cart for three-fourths of a mile back to the hometown or back to the town the closest town which is really impressive so wait like, you're telling me the the gunpowder goes off javelin blasts through his head lands 80 feet away and he just kind of got up after a few minutes and was like oh my head hurt he got up he was like oh frick after kind of twitching on the ground a bit and people were like well frick he's dead uh, he gets up and he's like, man, what just happened? And it's like, well, that doesn't feel too good. Um, it seems like it doesn't say anything about the pain per se. And the way that he's acting, seeing as he just sits upright in a cart for three quarters of a mile and then walks into the doctor's office and says, doctor, here's business enough for you. <laughs> what a It doesn't line. sound like it was like debilitating pain for him. Like it sounds like he was able to 
literally walk it off by the end. Like it doesn't. Oh so, yeah. He may have been like half in shock though too. Yeah, that's very I, likely it was like. I, well, yeah. I mean, the body's probably like, "Ayo, what the, what the? You should not be alive." I mean, he could also talk and he could walk, meaning that he wasn't that much in shock. Either. Well, and he was clipping still, okay. too. It depends. Maybe he just had more adrenaline than any human should ever have. Uh, but either way. So we get a little bit of uh, of the perspective of what Phineas was thinking during all this. It says here, uh, according to Wikipedia, that, uh, you know, uh, being unaccustomed to military surgery, the, the patient, being Phineas, nonetheless bore his sufferings with the most heroic firmness. Um, <laughs> he said that he hoped he was not much hurt. He seemed to be perfectly conscious, but was obviously kind of exhausted. Though he was a sorry sight, apparently he was... He was he was kicking. He was holding it together, yeah. He took it like an absolute lad. He yeah, did. It's... He really did. So I guess after this injury, he was prone to not only personality changes, but also seizures, which eventually yeah. seemed to have claimed his life rather young. He was 36. A lot of people just kind of know Phineas Gage's, yeah, you know, Spike went through his head, but he lived. But there's a lot more, you know, afterwards as a result of, you know. Yeah, I mean, one does not incident. get a javelin through their brain without some, uh, yeah, without you some know, minor unfortunate mishaps, but... consequences. But yeah, but I'd say nah, if you live a... through that, that's a pretty good. Yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big, good result. Uh, pretty big plus. So <laughs> no, he, he lived through it. Unfortunately, Gage's friends found him to be, uh, I quote, no longer Gage. He just was yeah. never quite the same after that, which I mean, fair. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, apparently they said that he uh, he spoke with like the most like repulsive manner or whatever. Like it's going to be in here somewhere. They said the balance between his intellectual faculties and animal pro- propensities uh, seemed gone. He could not stick to plans. He uttered the grossest profanity and showed little deference for his fellows um so yeah so, so okay so it was it was profane it wasn't just like he didn't speak right it was like no so it was profane language yeah and i um, guess the railroad company refused to take him back it seems which they could have done that for a number of reasons but if they did that just because of a sailor mouth like you gotta be you gotta be way off the deep end to cuss out the railroad workers i feel like it yeah. just seems like they were probably uh no strangers to some sailor lingo I think he gets a pass. He was invited to Chile to work as a long-distance stagecoach driver. So, yeah, he was supposed to, like, take care of the horses because he found it difficult to connect with people after the accident. He apparently spent some time traveling through New England and Europe. He briefly worked at a livery stable in New Hampshire, spent seven years as a stagecoach driver in Chile, uh, eventually moved to San Francisco to live with his mother as his health deteriorated. And after a series of seizures, he passed away on May 21st, 1860, which is 12 years after the incident. Can we talk about the fact that all these pictures of him are of him just carrying the spike that went through his head? Like, he just carries this thing with him. Does he? Yeah. And all of, like, the portraits of him that you see on, like, the Wikipedia... He, the big thing he is carrying, that is not just an object. That is the spike that went through his head. I, where did he the just, spike end up? Is it kept somewhere? I mean, it looks like he apparently had it because he... Yeah, it seems to have been like his... It, like, it looks like he's about to use it as a weapon. Like his, yeah, like, can you imagine putting this guy, this guy, Phineas Gage on the Habakkuk, dude? He would literally just like... <laughs> with, his, with his own skull javelin and just run dude. around. 
So, has anybody else ever survived anything like this? Or is Phineas yes. Cage the one exception? Yes, they have. But that is... I have. Topic... Yeah. <laughs> I... Well, actually, yeah, this see. is a true There's story. Been... Yeah, they... Yeah, what? I have a story uh, <laughs> of a, a traumatic projectile going through my skull when I was a lad. Oh. I was like... I don't know how old I was. This is a very early memory. I must have been like five or six. There was this guitar that was sitting on the edge of our couch. The big part of it with the strings was kind of hanging off the couch a little bit, like suspended over the carpet. Please tell me you did not wedge an entire guitar into your skull. I did. Oh my. I I ran up to it. My mom was literally having tea or coffee with a friend of hers that had come from uh, like out of state. Chilling in the living room, I'm there with them, and I just got like this mad idea to just yeet my entire body mass onto the big end of the guitar that was hanging off <laughs> the end of the couch. So then the lighter end just catapulted up and hit me directly in the forehead. Next thing I remember is looking into a mirror with blood streaming down my face as my mom is like <laughs> putting something on the wound. This was by no <laughs> means like a skull splitting injury. But for me at the time, I was like, oh, oh, I, I, I survived. <laughs> like, yeah, I, dude, I remember getting like little injuries like that and thinking you'd just been shot. And you were like, you were never going to be the same again. Did you have like scars from that? Oh, I like, still do. It's like oh, right okay. above my one eyebrow. It's barely noticeable. I'd have to point it out for one to notice it. I have a bunch of like really tiny scars like on my hands and stuff. And I have no idea where they came from. I think that's actually one of the signs of being a lizard person that we discussed in many episodes <laughs> it might ago. Be. But yeah, I have several. Yeah, I, I tripped and I fell and my leg hit the gravel outside of it. And that's how I got the scar on my uh left knee it's still there to this day oh god dude can we that see thing, that yeah. thing right there seriously that's what you're yeah did you not know <laughs> dude, that that's awful I have, have you been... ever noticed that scar on my left knee all the time dude i notice that all the... every time <laughs> he I sees it every day knees, i think man why does he have that so yeah uh phineas gage uh, <laughs> i phineas opened gage. up this tale with a lot of energy because i was like yeah man survives yeah. spiked through brain but at the end of the day, it is kind of an unfortunate story, and it's, yeah, it's definitely kind of not, uh, yeah, definitely not, you know, a nice campfire story to tell or anything. But it's interesting, and I, I dare say, it's metal as heck. Hi again, it's Jesse. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Deep Lore Boys podcast. You can find more episodes of our show on YouTube and Spotify, which we encourage you to share with your friends so we can grow the podcast. And drop a comment down below if you're feeling extra generous. Thanks so much for listening, and I hope your day is nothing short of interesting. Take care. I'm going to go post that one on Twitter.com.